Welcome to the March 12th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, and the sermon is entitled, Your Words Matter, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of James, James chapter number 3, as we think about ourselves, and we look in the mirror, and we think about how can we get better as Christians? What can we do different? God, how can you use me as we reach out? We're going to look straight at a little member called the tongue and how that little member carries so much power. I I had a little story that I want to share with you today, and that story uh, revolves around a woman uh, who was losing her voice. And as she was losing her voice, the doctor put her her own orders that she could not, she could not talk for six months. She had three children and a husband and a home to take care of. And she said, oh Lord, how am I going to do this without talking for six months? So she began to write down in conversation and pen and on paper those conversations out to her kids and to her husband. And she communicated that way for six months. And as she wrote those things down, for six months she made it. And she was finally able to talk again. And she realized after six months how quiet the children had become. How quiet her home had become. And her words as she reflected back on that time of writing out her conversation to her children. Here's what she said. She said she didn't realize how much she was saying until she began to have to ball up those pieces of paper of the things that she wanted to say And she didn't want her kids to read. And she would throw them away. And then she would rewrite that conversation in a different manner. And friends, today, I don't know if that relates to you, but it relates to me very real. There are times where I am guilty. And so today, as we open God's Word, we open it looking at ourself, looking at our tongue, and we understand this. The devil would use it. The devil would use it if he could. As I go to the doctor's office, anybody go to the doctor's office for a checkup? My wife says you need to. I really hadn't been in about 10 years, to be honest. Don't get mad at me. I tell her I'm going tomorrow. I've told her that for 10 years. I'm going tomorrow. But they take this little wooden thing, and they make you stick out your tongue, and they use that tongue depressor to begin an examination on you. And so today, just as that doctor would use a tongue depressor to look into your body and look at your health, today I'm going to open the Word of God. And we're going to let this be the tongue depressor. Maybe we should say the tongue suppressor for Christians today. How we would measure greatly if we measured our life against the Word of God. This is not a personal jab at any one person. I want you to know the Lord raked me over the coals with this message first. So as we take the tongue suppressor out, I want you to go to James chapter number 3. There was a part of scripture that scared me to death growing up. Matthew chapter number 12, verse number 36 36 says this, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. As a young believer, I got saved at 15 years old. As a young believer, that verse scared me to death. 
Because on one hand, I had teachers in school that said, Hey, you can say anything you want to so long the ladies aren't around. And on the other hand, I had my parents saying this, the old Mark Twain quote that says this, It's one thing to sit there and look stupid. It's another thing to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And in in between, there was a Bible verse from the book of Matthew that says that every word that you speak, one day you will give an account for it. That scared me to death. But what it did, it taught me to measure my words very carefully, especially when I was around my friends and outside of my mom's influence and outside of teacher's influence, but I was under the influence of a holy God. And so today, as we take James chapter number 3, I stand in awe of this scripture that teaches us about our tongue. We're going to look at the first two verses in chapter number 3, starting out. Here's what God's word says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to brattle the whole body. The first point that I want to give you as we talk about this sermon entitled, Your Words Matter. The first point that I want to give you today is this. We all have an issue. We all have an issue. And that issue is with our mouths. Maybe you have heard the term, cuss like a sailor. Maybe you've heard the term called bad mouthed or other handful of things, gossip or negativity or anger or hatred, they all spew out of the same source. So you may be here today and you don't cuss like a sailor, but you gossip with the best of them. Your mouth is just as guilty. My mouth is just as guilty. And so you may say, I don't have a bad mouth. But if words of anger and hurt and negativity are all people hear from you, we have issues. I determined a long time ago after reading that verse from from Matthew that I would not cuss. Now you're looking at me saying you're lying. No, I'm telling you the truth. I make up my own words. I still hit my finger. And I stump my toe, but there are different words that come out. Now, you say, Jeffrey, that is a personal conviction. Absolutely, I agree 150%. It is a personal conviction for me. But the, ma- the words that come out of my mouth, I want to be beneficial not only for myself. I want them to be beneficial for my God. And I want them to be beneficial to somebody that would hear them. And there are a lot of words that sound cool and sound like you know what you're talking about, but that make you look foolish and make others turn and run. And so as a personal conviction, it was my determination that I will not say those words. I'm not saying I've never said those words. Because I was a teenager trying to fit in as well. But, but, but James starts out this scripture Saying this, you better be careful if you want to be a teacher of God's word. 
You better be careful because if you choose to be a teacher of God's word, there will be a stricter judgment waiting for you. Now, I don't want to scare you from being a teacher, but that's what God's word says. Those who teach the word of God have a high level of expectation. And you will be held to a stricter standard. Because of the words that come out of your mouth. And because of God's holy word. But we must here at Clifford Baptist Church. Make sure that teachers of God's word. That they teach it word by word. And they teach it correctly. But as I examine the life of teachers. I want to examine the life of we as Christians. It's not just fair in my mind that. Hey nobody wants to be a teacher. But we as Christians we can just say what we want. That's not the case. Look at verse number 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. We stumble, we sin in many different areas, verse number 2 says. But if you don't stumble or if you don't sin in word, then you're on your way to being perfect or being spiritually mature. And then the Bible says, if you can control your tongue, you've got it all under control. You've got the whole body under control. But here's where I want to start today. Every one of us has a problem with our mouth. And it may not just be with the bad words or the four-letter words. It may be trying to get God to come out and how we struggle with that. We all have a problem. Look at verse number 3 through 6. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire, listen to this, of hell. Point number two today. The first that we all have a problem. The second is this. The tongue is powerful. The tongue is is powerful. James uses a couple of analogies here to help us understand better the power that the tongue holds. He used the analogy of a bit in the mouth of a horse that that horse can be pulled and guided everywhere they need to go. Anybody around here grow up on horses? A few? Yeah, I did too. Don't hold that against me. I had a horse one time that I would not go and would not do what it wanted me to do. What I wanted it to do, I should say that. And so this horse just takes off running. Wide open through the field and under, they they always find the trees. This big oak tree with low branches trying to get me off its back. And I was a little fellow then. 
So I was able to lean and duck and move and stay on that horse. And that horse finally tired out. And at the end, he would not do anything. When I pulled left and when I pulled right, he would not do anything until he got tired. And then when he got tired, I had him. I may not should tell this, but I took that horse and with one finger, I pulled the reins and I made him spin a circle for the next 10 minutes. Just to, know, just to let him know that I was in control then. He was in control at the beginning, yet I took control because of the bit in his mouth. And friends, today, what James says is that little bit that is placed in a horse's mouth can make that horse do some tremendous things. If you look at a ship, as big as the ship is, it is driven by a mere wind that drives it. But a little rudder determines the direction that ship will go. And so today, a small bit or a small rudder directs the ship and the horse wherever they need to go. But look at verse number 5, if you will. Verse number 5 says this, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a small member of the entire body, but it has the power to have an influence and an effect not only on you and your body, but on others that are around you. How does one little tongue and the words that so easily roll off of it have that much power? Verse number 6, here's what James says. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. James says that tongue is a source of fire, a source that sparks and a small member that causes great destruction in people's lives. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today, but many of you may be a recipient of that. Many of you may know of instances where that has happened, where the tongue has destroyed relationships and marriages and homes and kids and friendships. And the one thing that the tongue won't say is, I'm sorry or I messed up. We'll say every other word, but those words will not roll off our tongue. Instead, we are settled with destroyed marriages and homes and lives because of one little member. Even within the church, not necessarily this church, but yes, it's here. The word gossip. It lives on. It destroys people's lives. How many people, listen to me, don't you dare raise your hand, but I'll be the first. How many people have been turned off by someone in church and what they said? I almost walked away from God because somebody hurt me so bad. Because of words but later on, off of that same tongue came the words, I am so sorry. Praise be to God. That tongue, I want you to see, friends, is a fire. And it is lit by the very hand of Satan, in my opinion. That he will give you words and moments 
that are heated in moments of hate, in moments of destruction, and then you use those words, and then Satan sits back and watches the fire roll. Verse number 6, the end of it, it says this, it is set on fire of hell. Listen to me, church. The word Gehenna is used here. It spoke of the valley on the outskirts of Jerusalem that served as the trash heap. This place of Gehenna, what we would consider, it would be a landfill. And as that trash was brought in, you know what they would do? They would just light fire to it. And out of this place of Gehenna, smoke would roll and stench would roll that it would infiltrate all around. James says this, the tongue has that much power of destruction. That tongue is the evil work of Satan. And it has the power to turn people's life away from God. It can flip their life upside down. It is so powerful. Point number two. Listen, church. Your tongue is more powerful than you give it credit for. Point number three. Look at verses seven and eight. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Point number three today is this. The tongue cannot be tamed. Verses 7 and 8 teach us that. One of my greatest joys of being a youth pastor is going on a creation trip with our youth a few years back. And during that trip, we went to the exhibit that had the snakes. Y'all would all sign up for that, right? As we stepped into that room, there were some fearful young people that made sure that they stayed way at the back of the room. But one of the great jobs that I had to demonstrate for my teenagers was to hold this massive yellow Burmese python. I know some of you are saying, no, nope, not me. But that thing was magnificent. And guess what end I wanted? I wanted the head. Give me the head of this snake. So I took the head and I encouraged the teenagers to grab the rest of that snake. And we stretched that snake. I don't know how long it was. But it was a bunch of us stretched out across the front of that room. Holding this big creature up close. Feeling the muscles that it had. And, and, and just seeing the abilities that this serpent had. And here's in my mind as I think back to that. Was verse number 7. That every kind of beast can be tamed. Here I am with a, a very deadly animal knowing that, hey, it's not going to hurt me. Even so much, I told one of my kids that were much younger at the time, my own kids, hey, go, go, go grab that other snake laying down there. Here he is walking around the snakes. And, and uh, these, these animals are tame. Friends, I want you to know that James says it could be a lion. It could be a bird. It could be a snake. It could be a killer whale. And here's the message. 
They've all been tamed. At one point or another, we've tamed them. But verse 8 says this, no man can tame the tongue. I want you to underline verse number 8, but the tongue can no man tame. Underline that word. Because here's the message. Though we may tame these wild animals, you cannot control your own tongue. Verse number 8, it calls it an unruly evil, an unstable and unrestrained evil. It carries the ability at a moment to speak a word of evil and destruction. But it also, in verse number 8, says that it is full of deadly poison. (laughs) Friends, that snake that we were holding at that creation museum, some of them... Contained deadly poison. But we're warned by God's word. The most deadly poison is not from a snake. The most deadly poison is in this room. Is outside of this room. It is in the human tongue. You thought a snake bite was poisonous. No friends. The tongue is. And it's set for destruction. It is deadly. It's very deadly. Psalm 140. I want you to listen to this. Psalm 140 verse number 3. It says this. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Selah. That's how destructive David speaks of the tongue and of the mouth of evil men and their tongues which spew poison like a, like a snake. But where did, it, where did it start? In that same chapter, Psalm 140, verse number 2, it says, Mischief in their heart. I want to share another verse of Scripture with you if I can. Matthew chapter number 12, verse number 34. These are words of Jesus. It says this, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks Jesus says it starts in the heart and the Bible is clear in the book of James men can't tame the tongue women can't tame the tongue the only way to tame the tongue is when the heart is changed by God Almighty and then because God changes the heart he begins to work outward to other members I had a terrible tongue at one time until God got a hold of my heart And I surrendered not only my heart, but my life and my hands and my tongue to the Lord Jesus Christ. I encourage you today to do the same thing. How many of you growing up were threatened with a bar of soap? I'm going to tell on myself. I can't hardly speak about it right now without, without thinking about what that did. My mom, I don't think she's here today. I had to lick the bar of soap, a brand new bar of soap, I will say that. I had to do that one time. And I couldn't spit enough to get rid of bubbles and taste. And even right now talking about it, I'm having, I'm having nightmares right now in my head. Just the threat of a bar of soap. 
But when I became older, it went from a soap, maybe soap to a, a smack in the mouth or grounding or whatever it had to do. They were trying to tame the tongue. But as nasty as a bar of soap is, soap cannot tame the tongue. Only God can. And so I'm not here to say lick this bar of soap. What I'm here to say is submit your heart to Jesus Christ and then the tongue can be tamed. A true heart change will go a long ways in helping out the dirty mouth. Last point, point number four. Look at verses 9 through 12. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed the blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. James says this. With our words and with our tongues, we praise God in one moment and turn around and curse with evil words the next. Verse number 10 says this can't be so. This cannot be. Be so. I underlined those words in my Bible just as a reminder to me personally that this can't be so for you, Jeffrey. You can't do one thing good on Sunday and do another thing the rest of the week. This cannot be so. So as I look at myself in the mirror, I see an imperfect man. I see a spring that sometimes gives very good and beneficial water. And yet there are other times that people taste the bitterness of what Jeffrey has to say. A spring can't do that. A grapevine can't bear figs. So we see the inconsistencies in the life of the believer when it comes to our words and when it comes to our tongue. What do we hold as Christians, friends, we hold the words of life. And yet we choose words of hate and destruction. We heard the most powerful words in all of creation. We, we can say the name of Jesus and it can change things. And yet we don't. In our conversations with our children... In our conversations with our own family. Sometimes we've just cut off conversations. Because it's so bad. But in those conversations. Church. In many of my circles. Church is viewed as a gossip hall. Church is viewed as judgment seats. Other than offering the truth of Jesus Christ. When good people choose not to use good words. Good things can never happen. So friends. I want to end this sermon today. With a few words of warning. 
not from my mouth, but from the word of God. Proverbs chapter number 18, verse number 21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. Proverbs 25, verse number 11 says this, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And Proverbs 21, 23 says, He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life. Righteousness and honor. Friends, today, what do we want to do? I want to leave with one more verse. Verse number 23 says, Whosoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from trouble. Point number four today. Words are a blessing and words are a curse. And I'm looking at people that I love and you're looking at your pastor. And I want to say this. May we become more intentional with the power that our mouth, our words, and our tongue hold. That we will speak words that will encourage. Our tongue hold the power to save. But many times we condemn. And so I pray today that we will use our words and our mouth to change people's life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Today, Christian, what will you do with what God has given you? God gave it to you for good. Let's use it for that. My prayer is this. As we close this sermon today, that now we begin to look at ourselves. Don't turn your eyes to anyone else in this moment but you. And in this moment of invitation, here's what I believe the Lord is telling the church. I've given you great words and a great message to speak. Do it and do it wisely. Let's change the narrative. Change the narrative of the the gossip hall, the judgment seat. And let's change it to offer truth through Jesus Christ. I'm not telling you to sugarcoat a message. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm trying to tell you to offer a message in truth and in love from Jesus Christ. Friends, today, in this moment of invitation, can we look at ourselves? And maybe you will join your pastor at the altar and just say, God, help me. I know that the word says I can't control it, but you can. Help me get a handle on my tongue. Maybe today you are here and you have heard these words today. I can't leave here by without saying these words off of my tongue. The greatest words in all the world is to invite somebody to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's the greatest thing. And so many times in my life, I've shot away with that. But maybe you're here today and, and you, you're listening. And I want you to hear the greatest words in all the world. And those words are this. Jesus Christ loves you. And he loves you so much that he wants to take your sin to an old rugged cross. He died for your sin so that you may have a relationship with him and life with him as well. 
today, as only I can speak it, these words of love to that heart that the Holy Spirit is working on right now, you need to know that Jesus loves you. And today, if you want to give your life to Him, if you want to know more about Him, I pray that you come and do that. But my heartfelt prayer for this congregation is this, that in our community, that today will be the point we submit our tongue and our words to what the Lord would use it, in the way the Lord would use it. As we approach this invitation time, I pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, in your heart, and through your tongue. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for these moments. God, I just pray in these precious moments of invitation that you will allow us to look at ourselves. God, there are many good people in this room. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will, you will lead us in being obedient to follow exactly where you want us to be and to say what you want us to say. God, I left this part out of the sermon. And Lord, if you want us to sit there and be quiet and shut our mouth, lead us there. God, help me, Lord, to know when to speak and know when not to. Lord, I pray, Lord, today for me personally that you take control of my tongue and my mouth even more so as I give it to you today. But I pray that for my brothers and sisters in this room. God, that we will submit our lives and our mouths and our tongues to the great message of hope that Jesus Christ offers. Lord, today, if there's one person that needs you, God, we open up a moment of invitation to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If somebody needs to take advantage of that, God, I pray that your spirit would move in a such a way that will draw them to yourself. Thank you for these moments of invitation, God. We give them to you today, and we give our hearts and our lives to you as we look hard at ourselves. Use us, Lord, we pray. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.